You know, I want to say that uh, as the Mings, we're not the perfect family. We have our ups and we have our downs. We have moments where things go good. We have moments where things feel like they're falling apart. Anybody ever been there? So I'm not standing here today talking to you as the expert, uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take God's word and we're going to learn how to have families that honor God. We're learning how to have, and let me just say, for some of you, you're like, well, great, I showed up this weekend, and I'm single, or I'm not married, or I'm too young, or listen, whether you're married and have a family or not, all of us are part of the family. The Bible says that God saw you as a son or daughter, and he adopted you into his family. The Bible says that he takes the lonely, and he places them in family. So we're all part of God's family, number one. But number two, as we talk about um, this idea of we're family, the thing is, is that God has put people in your life that he wants you to have influence with. It may be people on the job. It may be people on a, on a sports field. It may be at school. It may be in a circle that you're leading. But God wants you to be a person of influence. This year, our theme is family first. He's turning the hearts of parents towards their children. And the Bible says in the New Testament in John that because of that, the, the children, the rebellious, are going to embrace godly wisdom. And so we're making the family first. We're building a new family, Kid Venture, where kids live out God's adventure. And so today I want to talk to you about family. And so I'm going to ask you if you will stand to your feet. We're going to read our theme verse today. But as you're standing, we have our church family joining us in places today like San Francisco, San Jose, Colorado, Louisiana, Texas, Canada. Come on, can you welcome all your church family that's joining us around the country, around the world? How awesome is that? Welcome today. We're going to read this part together, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let me set it up for you. Moses is speaking to God's people. They're about ready to go into the promised land, and he basically says, I'm going to tell you some things that are going to help you to make sure that you, your children, your grandchildren, that it goes well with you, that you live long, that you increase, and that you're blessed. How many want to be blessed? All right, so we're going to learn what that's all about. So let's read this together. Here we go. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. By keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life, be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and you may increase greatly. Let's close our eyes. God, it is so good to be here together with your family. And I can sense there's just such a spirit of unity, a spirit of joy. David said, I was glad when we said, let's go into the house of the Lord. Lord, it's good to be together in your house. And I want to bless this family right now in Jesus' name. I want to bless their families, their homes, all their endeavors. Holy Spirit, speak through the message today and prepare us to hear your truth, to know that we're family and that you want to bless us. We want it to go well, so we open our hearts. Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I know some of you, as you hear this story, you're not single or you're not um, here with young children. Maybe you're in empty nesters. Maybe you feel like your kids are already grown and you're like, well, this is too late for me. 
Uh, I should just come next week. But let me tell you, how many know that with God, it's never too late? Can I say also that you never stop being a parent? Because you always are, are there to give influence. Sometimes the influence isn't taken or received, but I want to tell you, you're always a parent. And I want to tell you that it's never too late for God. So maybe God is wanting to stir something up in your heart because I believe that your best days don't have to be behind you. Your best days can be before you. And so today, wherever you are in life, I believe there's some tools and principles that are going to help us to live life so that it goes well with us, that we can live long, we can increase, and we can walk in God's best. So I'm going to give you two thoughts, two big ideas, according to the Bible, of how that we can be family and how you can lead your family in that kind of blessing. And as we read through this story in, in uh, these passages in Deuteronomy, we're going to discover what they are. Point number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you want to see God's blessing... In the sphere of influence you've been called to, the first thing is you need to, write this down, love your God. Everybody say that with me. Love your God. That was kind of weak. Let's try it again. Come on. I want to hear it all the way in Canada, those watching. Ready? Love your God. Where do we find that? Well, Moses tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 6, first he says, hey, these decrees I'm giving you, you're going to prosper. You're going to be blessed with them. And then he says, here's what some of them are. Hear, O Israel, this is the very next verse, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and then what does it say? Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That might sound surprising. Wait a minute, you're telling me how to help my family grow and and be blessed, and you're talking about me. Yes, I'm talking about you. What the scripture is teaching is for your family to be blessed, it starts with you loving your God, not the God of your spouse, not the God of your church, not the God of your pastor, not the God of of Christianity, but your God. There's this personal thing that, that he's pointing out, that he's to be our God. Now, here's what's interesting. Here's what statistics say. Let's, let's throw the Bible out for a minute. Here's what statistics say. That if you're a mom and a dad and you attend church, there is a 72% chance that as adults, your kids will have a relationship with Christ and attend church. But if just the dad attends church, it drops down to where only 55% of kids as adults will attend church and have a relationship with Christ. Here's what's staggering. If just mom attends church and dad doesn't, it drops down to 15% of kids as adults will attend church and have a relationship with Christ. And if you just decide, eh, religion's not important, a relationship with God's not that important, if you don't go to church, here's the deal. Only 6% of kids will actually attend church and have a relationship with God. You see, here's the point. You don't realize how important your relationship with God is. Because your relationship with your God isn't about you, it's about the people who are around you. Your relationship with my God, knowing your God is important because it's not about your faith, it's about your ability for your children, for those on your soccer team, for those on, that work under you in your management, for those that are, that are a part of that circle you lead. You see, they're going to pick up something that has an impact in their future to bring blessing in their life based on your relationship with God. So when we start this whole thing, To be the best influencer, to be the best parent, starts with love your 
God. Is he your God? My God. Let me give you the second thought. Love your God is number one. Here's the second one. Write this down. Second idea is you need to lead your family. Love your God and lead your family. Now, where do we get that? Well, we see it in this next passage. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. He says, first of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And then he goes on to say, and these commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your kids. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road with them, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. See, what it's telling us is that we're to lead our family. Now, I'll talk about the specifics of that in a minute. But, you know, let me stop by saying, first of all, I would like to ask, as, as my spiritual family, the Ming family needs prayer right now. And let me tell you why. The Ming family just got a puppy. And... Uh, when you have a puppy, how many know that it comes with a lot of work? You have to get up, you have to potty train it, you have to take it out all the time, you have to tell it not to bite. I mean, it's a lot of work, right? It's like raising a kid. It's a lot of work. So this is Hubble. Hubble is a cockapoo. He's a combination of cocker spaniel and poodle, and he is the cutest thing ever. That's Haley holding our brand new little puppy. And here's the thing. All of us have puppy duty. And what that means is that we have to take um, Hubble out to go to the bathroom. Now, I'll forget the first time that I was in charge of, you know, potty duty. And so what happens is, is I, you know, get, get uh, our little dog, Hubble. I pick him up and we go outside. I close the, the sliding glass door and I put him on the ground and, you know, and I'm like, go potty, go potty. Why is it when we talk to animals that our voice goes up? Have you ever thought about that? It's not like, hey, go to the bathroom. It's like, go potty, go, go potty. Come on, come on, go potty, you know. If something happens, I don't know what it is. And so I'm like, go potty, go potty, go. Hubble, go potty. And, and then, of course, I become distracted. And I'm, next thing I know, I'm on my phone. And I end up making a phone call. And so I'm talking. And what I don't realize is that as I make my way, I start walking towards the pool. As I walk towards the pool, if it hadn't been for that God-given thing called peripheral vision, I wouldn't have noticed that Hubble followed me and was about to fall in the pool. Fortunately, I saw him just in time, and I scooped him up, and I saved Hubble's life. <laughs> Point of that silly story is that you lead even you, when you don't realize you're leading. The point I want to make is that you can lead intentionally, or you can lead unintentionally. Because there are always people that are following you. There are always people that are seeing where you're going. There are always people that are seeing what you're doing. And you're always leading. Your kids will follow you. You are leading. The question is, are you doing it intentionally or unintentionally? Because if you're doing it unintentionally, it could be that your children, that the people that God has placed in your life could end up in places they don't need to be because if we're not intentional about leadership, we can end up in the wrong place at the wrong time and the wrong thing can happen so God says, love your God and lead your family. Y'all with me? So here's the question. How do we lead intentionally when it comes to God and a godly family? Well, in this passage, there's really three ideas that jump out, and I want to give them to you, and I want to help you to lead intentionally. Here's the first one. Write it down. If you're going to lead intentionally, number one, you've got to spend quality time. Spend quality time. 
Let me show you where we find that in Deuteronomy 6. He basically says this, keep these commands I've given to you. And he says, when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down. This is speaking about your interaction with your kids. And when you get up, so before you go to bed, when you have breakfast, when you're driving to soccer, when you're hanging out at home, when you're eating dinner, when, the point here, before we get to the next part of the verse, is simply this, is that if you're going to lead your family, you need to be spending time with your family. I've heard that love can be spelled not L-O-V-E, but T-I-M-E, spending time with your family. But if you'll notice, when I put it up there, I didn't actually put up spend time with your family. I actually put up spend quality time with your family. Because I want to talk about that for a minute. Because let me tell you something. Relationships are like bank accounts. They're either in the red or they're in the black. Because you see, here's the thing. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. But they'll not know how much you care until you are willing to invest time in that relationship. So our kids need our time. The people that are in our life need our time. Here's what's interesting. As I began to to look at this, I decided to do some research, and I found that there have been several studies done over the last 40, 50 years about how much time parents spend with their kids each week. And here's what I discovered, which was shocking to me, is that actually the amount of time that parents spend with kids has increased significantly over the last, um, especially 30 years. In fact, fathers now from 1985 until now, are actually spending three times as much time with their kids as they did 30 years ago. How many say, that's kind of cool. So families are spending more time, but you know what they discovered? That even though families are spending more time with their kids, kids are not behaving better. They're behaving worse. Academically, they're not doing better. They're doing worse. The point of the research was that what they've discovered, it's not quantity of time that matters, It's quality. So if we're going to lead and lead intentionally, the question is, are you spending quality time with your kids? Because how many know you can spend time, but even though you're together, you're really still alone? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? In a culture where we're supposed to be more connected, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have all these things to to connect with each other. We have email, and yet statistics show that people feel more alone now than they ever have in the history of the world. Why? Because it's not about quantity of time, it's about quality of time. So I want to encourage you, what are you doing to spend quality time with those that God has placed in your life, someone you're mentoring, with your children? Because maybe what you need to do is ban cell phones at the, at the um, dinner table. Come on. That's all the parents clapping, by the way, not the kids. <laughs> you know, when's the last time you've had a conversation? When's the last time you've really talked about life? You know, one thing we do in our family, we did for years... Um, first of all, when our kids were growing up, my wife was a stickler about the kids go to bed early because her thing is kids never have too much sleep. They always have not enough. So she'd make the kids go to bed early and Tanner would complain, dad, I can hear everybody outside playing and I'm going to bed. I mean, six thirty, seven o'clock, bam, they're in bed. And it was early. I'm not kidding. You. So we had to have dinner early. And so we would have dinner early, but when we'd have dinner, we would do things. It was quality time. 
People weren't allowed to bring phones to the table. In fact, back then they weren't even allowed to have phones. And so they'd come to the table and, and we'd sit down at the table and we'd start to eat. And what would happen? You'd hear this. Topic on the table. And so one of the kids would say, hey, here's the topic for today. If you were to be stranded on an island for the rest of your life and you could only bring one movie, what movie would you bring? Let me know the women all pick chick flicks and the men all pick man movies. Come on. Braveheart, Gladiator. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Men. Ladies are picking how to lose a guy. I'm like, why do you want that movie? About how to find a guy. And we'd go around the table and we'd talk and then it'd be like, hey, what happened today for you? And this conversation would begin to take place. We'd do things, one of the things we've always done is highs and lows. And they would go around the table and everybody would say they're low for the day and they're high for the day. And we'd discuss the high and why it was a high and why it was a low. And if it was a low, hey, I'm sorry that happened. And what took place? And the point is, is that sometimes if we're not careful, we can live life but never even connect. And just because you're taking your kids to soccer, just because you're picking them up from school, doesn't mean that quality is taking place. And the key to leadership is intentionality. So are you leading with intentional um, and intention behind that? And one of the ways to do that is to spend quality time with your kids or those that God has placed in your life. Love your family and lead your family. Spend quality time. It's right there in the Bible. Sometimes we read right by it and we don't see it. But let me give you the second part because the second part gives us one way to have quality time with our kids or with those that we're to influence. Because not only should we spend quality time, but number two, this one's going to catch you off guard. We need, to, we need to discuss God's word. Discuss God's word. Now, I know some of you are immediately like, whoa. That one's kind of throwing me off because I don't know the Bible that well. You know, I, I, I might know one verse. Jesus wept. I'm good. I got that one. I don't feel like I'm adequate to talk about the Bible. I don't even know all the answers, but let's read what it says because it's interesting. It's right here in Scripture. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Impress them on your children. Talk about them. Tie them as a symbol in your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What basically this is saying is simply, what's important to you will be important to those around you. Can I show you what's important to me? This is one of the things, not the most important, but what's important to me is the Detroit Lions. Come on, do we have any football fans? Do we have any Ram fans? Oh, not that many, all right. Detroit Lions, you know what? All of the Mings love the Detroit Lions. They have shirts, they have sweats, they have hats. We all love Detroit. Why? Because I love Detroit. Because Wayman loves Detroit Lions. Because Brian loves the Detroit Lions. Because what we love, what's important to us, will be important to those who are around us. Let me ask you a question. What's important to you? Maybe what's important to you is the housewives of Orange County. Okay, some of you are judging. Let me get real. Some of you, what's really important to you is The Bachelor. Is he going to pick her? Is he going to pick her? Is he going to change his mind or is he going to make up his mind? Is he going to give her a rose or is he not going to give her a rose? I'm being silly, but for some of you, what's important to you is bass fishing. I don't get you, but anyway, I just, <laughs> that's okay. Everybody needs their thing. It's fine. Hobbies are good. Teams are good. Sports are good. 
Shows can be good. But here's what the scripture says. What's on your heart should get on your children's heart. What do you talk about? When was the last time all you could talk about was how that God had blessed you because you tithe and you were talking to your kids as you're driving to soccer. You go, hey, you guys, it was so cool. You know, we gave our tithes this week to the Lord and, and things were kind of tight and we're like, but God, we're gonna trust you. And then you know what happened? I got this bonus and it came in and God blessed me. And it was, when was the last time all you could talk about is what, what God was doing in your life? When was the last time in your conversations with your kids, all you could talk about is how God taught you the principle of forgiveness because you knew what it was like to have bitterness and how it just, it wrecked you and it wrecked everybody around you and then God set you free and you forgave and now there's peace and there's joy and there's reconciliation. When was the last time all that was on your heart was to talk about God's principles and God's truth and God's word because what's important to you will be important to all those who are around you. Amen. Thank you. Twelve of you, that was important to you. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to kind of to move on, but I love the, 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 the passage. In fact, there's a scripture that says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, here's what it says. It says, in the future, when your children ask you, this is the same passage, what is the meaning of the stipulations? Why do we go to church? Why do we read the Bible? Why is all that so important? You tell them, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt and what a mighty, with a mighty hand of God. Basically, what he's saying is that when you find that God's word, God's house, God's principles are important to you, you won't even have to always bring it up. If your kids are never asking about faith, never asking about generosity, never asking about giving, Maybe it's because something else has moved up more important in your priorities. Y'all with me? Come on, somebody say amen. I love today we have someone that's here, and uh, his name is Malachi. And I want to invite him. Will you give Malachi a big hand as he comes on up to the stage? Come on, Malachi. Come on up, buddy. Malachi is one of my favorite little guys here at Higher Vision because every week he's here at church. Deborah brings him every single week, and after service, he'll come up and say hi. And when he does, the first thing that I say is, what you got for me today, Malachi? And when I say that, he'll say something like this. Can you share one? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Come on now. Is that not awesome? Obviously, the word is important to Deborah because it's important to Malachi. One day I asked him, hey, how are you? What you got for me today? And he gave me what's called the Knight's Creed. Let's hear that. I have been chosen by God to walk in his divine destiny. His purpose for my life is fulfilled. As I seek and follow his plan, his course, and his truth, because I am led by the Holy Spirit, my success in life is inevitable. I impact my generation for the glory of God because greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. The greater one calls me to prosper in every area of my life. I have inheritance. All God has is mine and has been given to me in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I abide in Jesus and he abides in me. For without him I can do nothing. I stand for the cause of Christ and grow him with the boldness. I trust in him with all my heart and will not go on my own way. God's way is the only way to know my destiny and my purpose. 
boys, I am surrendering to you. I am counting on you to direct me in the way that I should go. I do not walk in fear because I have your power and your love. I make a quality decision to obey your voice and do your will, which are my destiny fulfilled and my purpose fulfilled. Come on now! You know what? They're excited because you have God's word inside you. Will you just stretch your hand this way? Come on, just stretch your hand. God, I thank you for Malachi. I bless him. I declare that the hand of grace and favor is upon him, that everything he spoke is going to be accomplished. Everything that he declared is going to be done. Lord, thank you that the word is inside of him, so he's going to be strong. He's going to accomplish much for you and your kingdom. Lord, your hand is upon him, and no weapon formed against him will prosper, and every tongue that rises up will be silenced. You're going to complete your will and your will and your will and your word in him. God, thank you for his heart. Bless him today in Jesus' my name. Come on, give him one more hand. Thank you, Malachi. Awesome. If the word is important to you, it'll be important to those around you. Now, if you'll give me, I'm going to jump on the soapbox for just a second. And I want to ask you to give me a little grace. But I'm going to tell you something that I discovered this last week when I was doing some research. I was in Hawaii. I was speaking there and um, had a chance to talk with someone when I was there. And then I also talked to someone just recently. And we discovered some things. There was some more revelation or insight into some of these statistics about kids. You know, sometimes as parents, if we're not careful, we'll lead intentionally in a good way. But how many know sometimes the good can get in, in the way of the great? That was kind of weak. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know the good can be in, sometimes get in the way of the great? And so what we have happening right now is a lot of helicopter parenting. Parents that hover. Parents that are going to give their kids everything they didn't have. Parents that are going to set their kids up to, to do all the stuff that they wanted to do. And so if, if they're not careful, and, and let me just say we've all been guilty of this, but what happens is, is now they set their kids on course, and you're going to do everything I didn't do, so when you're three years old, I'm going to start you with lessons like Tiger Woods, and you're going to go to, to lesson after lesson, and you're going to start playing on that team, and then I'm going to put you on this team, and you're going to spend every hour of every day, and I'm going to take you day after day after day, and week after week after week, and you're going to spend for the next 12 years of your life, hours and hours and hours, becoming an athlete to learn how to do this. And I believe you're going to be a pro. But how many know that less than one, zero, one percent of them actually makes a living doing that? So listen, there's nothing wrong with sports, nothing wrong with dance. You're going to dance every day. You're going to take three classes a day. It's going to cost me $5,000 a week, and we're going to have all kinds of fun. And and then they dance and they dance and they dance. And here, let me just stop for a second. I was talking to two people. One of them saw the statistic that said, now they're discovering that kids are burning out at age 11. Here's the second thing. I was talking to the guy who's in charge of, of Kaiser for the entire state of Hawaii. And he asked me, he said, Jared, did you play all sports in school? And I said, yeah, I did until high school. And then I had to pick one. And he said, yeah, you know how nowadays it's like parents want their kids to be on this certain team and so they start them on these traveling teams and they're playing all the time and all the time. And here's what we've discovered is that kids are having more frequent and more serious injuries at younger ages because they're doing the same thing. Rather than playing lots of sports and having fun, 
They're doing this one sport all the time, and because of that motion over and over again, they're blowing out their knees, they're blowing out their, their joints, they're blowing out their shoulders. He said, we're seeing a, a significant increase in, in, in um, kids at a much younger age. And I just got to thinking about it. I think we're leading intentionally, but in the end, when we get to it and they're 18, now, granted, there are some that God's going to bless them and they're going to play professionally, but I mean, you know, most of our kids are going to probably work at a law firm or teach in a school. And I got to thinking about it. What's more important in the end when they're an adult? Is it to do this or is it to do this? Is it, is it to do this or is it to have godly character, to know his word, to serve in his house, to know that God's house is a priority? Listen, I'm not trying to bash anybody that's trying to get their kids to have fun and play sports. I'm all for that, to dance and have hobbies. I'm all for that. But remember, what's important to you will be important to those who are around you. So maybe some of that time, you could take that time and use it to talk about how God taught you what it means to forgive, how God taught you what it means to be generous. Because God wants us to lead, love, love our God and to lead our family. And the way you lead your family is spend quality time, talk about God's word and his principles. And can I give you the last one? We're going we're gonna to finish. Y'all with me? Come on. How many give me five more minutes? Come on. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. I got plenty and plenty of time. We're, we're good to go. Cheap joke. Sorry. The last thing is not discuss God's word, but train your family. Leading your family is training your family. I want to show you a verse in Proverbs. Now, some of you are saying, why are we going to Proverbs now? We've been talking about Deuteronomy. Well, this word train its meaning is almost exactly the same as the meaning we find in Deuteronomy when it says, God's word should be in your heart, so impress it on your kids. And the word impress there in the scripture, the idea here, it means to train or teach through repetition. The word train means to develop behavior through practice and repetition. So I'm going to draw this out because... This is what the scripture says. If we're going to live long, if we're going to increase, if we're going to be blessed, and our family and our kids are going to fear the Lord, it says this. Go back to, to Proverbs 22. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Train your family. We're training Hubble right now. We need to train our kids. We have to be intentional. So here's what I want to give you, and this will be really good. If you'll take notes, I promise you this will pay off. I'm going to quickly go through seven things. We're going to do it in like a minute and a half. You ready? Here are the seven things just from the book of Proverbs that we need to be training our families. You ready? Number one, train them to manage God's money, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. How many of us have been intentional about teaching our kids what to do with resources? Did you know that right now in America... The highest percentage of bankruptcy is with millennials because parents aren't training them what to do with God's money. They want it all now, so they get credit cards and they, they spend and they get and they get and they end up in debt and they end up in bankruptcy because if we're doing what we're called to do, we're going to train them to manage God's money. 
to tithe, to be generous, to be a good steward. Another thing that Scripture teaches us, train them to carefully select their friends. Come on, how many say amen to that one? Too many of us, that's Proverbs 13, 20. Too many of us, we wait until they get friends hoping that they're the ones we want for them. Rather than teaching them, you, look, you want a friend that tells the truth. You want a friend that honors and respects authority. You want a friend that has character. You want a friend that's kind. Train them, number three, to watch their words. Proverbs 4.24. You know what? We don't just say, don't cuss. It's not about just don't saying bad words. Don't say the bad words that I say when I get mad. Don't say those. It's not about that. Maybe it's about, hey, it's not just about not saying a bad word. It's about saying the right word. Because the Bible says in the tongue is life and death. And you need to learn how to speak life over someone. You need to encourage people. You need to speak over your own destiny and what God has for you. To be able to say that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Training them to watch their words. Here's another one. um, Number four. Train them to be responsible. Proverbs 6, 6. Be responsible. Did you know that millennials right now, now I'm not bagging on millennials. Because if you're a millennial, we're so excited you're here. And, um, but I know that God has so much for you. And part of all of us in our journeys, we need to be responsible. Did you know that millennials right now, you know the length of the job that they hold? They change jobs every 18 months. Even the ones that have graduated with college degrees, every 18 months they move on to something else. Maybe we need to train our kids to be responsible, to follow through, to not be all about me, be a part of the community. Here's another one, five, train them to guard their minds. How many know what goes in your mind is probably going to get in your heart and it's going to come out of your mouth. That's why just watching violence or watching, I got to tell you, I, I don't even watch the news anymore. I can't do it. It's too much there that's just negative and, and backbiting and it's too much. I don't want that in my head because if it's in my head, it's going to get in my heart and then it's going to get in my mouth and I don't want it there. I don't want my kids just watching violence or, or I don't want to watch them porn. I don't want them putting things in them because if it's in them, it's going to come out of them. So maybe I need to teach them what's going in so that I can make sure that the right things are coming out. Come on, amen. Then it says, train them to be generous. Proverbs eleven twenty five. We talked about that. Number seven, train them to fear God. Proverbs 1.7, you know what the Bible says? That when we fear God, it's the beginning of all wisdom. Your child will never be as wise as he can be until he sees you fear God because what's important to you will be important to those who are around you. Don't you feel like the Holy Spirit just sat down in here? It's like he's speaking to us. Love your God and lead your family. There's a, pa- there's a passage, I'm not going to read it to you, but it basically, basically says, God, you taught me from when I was young. And then it says this, let me proclaim your power to the next generation. You see, our goal is a parent's priority is to gradually transfer a child's dependence away from them until it solely rests on him. Love your God and lead your family. I want you to close your eyes.